Danielle Samarasek here, aka the dietitianist. Combine the words dietitian and nutritionist, you get the gist. I am so, so, so excited. Mark Tiesman is with me this evening, and we're going to be chatting all things running and ultra related. But before we get to that, my go-to disclaimer that this podcast is meant for informational and educational purposes only. It does not constitute a client-provider relationship, nor should it be used for individualized sports nutrition therapy advice. If you have specific nutrition-related questions, I encourage you to contact me directly. And Mark, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing? never been better um take it away what would you like listeners to know about mark teisman oh boy that's a loaded question uh well i'm a 40 year old a 41 year old man now i like to think i'm 40 <laughs> don't want to age any faster than i am uh but yeah just uh you know local runner that uh thinks that you know, his, his running has changed his life. You know, he was somebody that always loved sports and found running in high school and dove in a little bit more after high school, uh, right? I mean, ran in college and then somehow found some trail running in there with uh, ultra marathons. And here I am still trying to keep that dream alive as I get older and it's getting harder, but I'm trying, I'm trying. Nice. So I, to the last point you spoke to, oh my gosh, yes. How much running morphs depending on wherever you are in life and could not agree with that more, but let's rewind. I know before we hit record, named the wrong high school. You went to Bishop, not Cuff Bishop Rossard. Yes. Yeah. So did you run prior to high school? Like what made you choose running? Um, when I was in grade, when I was in grade school, middle school, I always did basketball, basketball and baseball, but I always, I always loved basketball. Um, my older brother was four years older than me. He played basketball. Um, we were always in the backyard shooting, shooting hoops and playing one-on-one, maybe pick up games with some of our neighbors. And he would always just beat up on me. And, you know, I got really, I got pretty decent decently good at basketball where, you know, um, my brother went to Bishop Rossard as well. And the coach asked me if I was going to be coming to Bishop Rossard to play basketball. And I said, yes. Um, and when I got there, um, funny story was, um, freshman year, uh, right around fresh start of freshman year, I was, get, um, trying out for the freshman basketball team and they had a mm -hmm. thing called hell, hell week. Um, which is just basically conditioning. No, you, I don't think you even touched a basketball during that week. It was just a lot of running. Um, but I heard through the grapevine, if you join the cross country team, you didn't have to do hell week. <laughs> and I was like, for some reason in my warped mind, I was like, huh, I could get out of this hell week and just run cross country. Now I did have some friends on cross country. So there was kind of a caveat to me doing that week as well as spending some time with my friends and um yeah i remember my first practice i showed up in high top basketball shoes baggy shorts uh cotton t-shirt which i don't think they probably had moisture wicking back then 96 maybe they did i don't know um 
but yeah, my first run was, I think around five and a half miles. Um, first time running long distance ever like that. And I think I came in like sixth or seventh on our team. Um, and I didn't have an option after that. My coach, Mr. Keys looked at me and he was like, you're running cross country. I said, all right. <laughs> I said, that sounds good to me. Um, and that was it. I mean, I, I joined the cross country. We made it to state that year and um, my freshman year and did basketball my freshman year, but coach really didn't like that. I ran cross country. So I kind of got the, the, the bench treatment my freshman year of basketball. So I decided not to go out for basketball anymore and just ran cross country and track. So that was pretty much how I got into that. It sounds like it found you. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive. Five and a half miles, your first whack at it. Yeah. I mean, it was, I remember it was all downhill down a uh, road toll uh, called Tollgate down, down about 2.5 and back up the last 2.5. It was on a hot day too, but yeah, I survived. You survived. Okay. So then you, you obviously enjoyed it enough to continue running collegiately. Yeah, ran for NKU. Um, wouldn't say I had any special uh, college career at all. Um, but yeah, just ran through, uh, I think I ran three years at NKU. Just really didn't enjoy it as much as I did like I did in high school. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're going to school full time. Uh, I was working full time. It was just kind of like another job to me. And I, I, I just didn't like it. Um, I shouldn't say I didn't like it. I just I just, I just didn't enjoy it as much. Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't run that last year. Um, and then I get, sort of gave it up about two years after, after college. I just didn't run. I mean, I didn't, I maybe ran <laughs> maybe, maybe 50 miles a year. Um, if that during mm -hmm. there's the two years and I, I gained actually a lot of weight. I was at 225 at one point. Um, I kept eating like I was running, but I wasn't mm -hmm. running. Um, so I gained, gained a decent amount of weight. And then, um, I was like, man, I got to lose this weight. So I started running again and I've, I've kept it up till 41. So 41 years of age, I haven't stopped since. Yes. So I don't know exactly in your time frame. let's see, you said 41. So a decade ago is when I met you. So early thirties back when, Bob Ronker's running spot was a thing and what did running like ever <laughs> yeah it was definitely a good a good time um there was <laughs> training groups and I it seemed like you and some of the other guys either like loosely connected to the store or directly connected to the running spot you guys would be like, okay, we're going to go run all over Mount Adams. Don't know where we're going to end up. Probably hit a few bars. And I just remember <laughs> thinking like, there's no way I could keep up. Also, like, I can't drink and run at the same time. So yeah, what did running look like for you then? Because you were also training for some ultras. Yeah, so early 30s, what? Yeah, I was working at the store we were working at the store and um i was one of the coaches for the training group i mean for people that don't know bob rockers they had i mean for training for the flying pig they had about 1500 people training for the flying pig uh half and full um so there was a lot of 
need for coaches. And a lot of the um, employees were coaches. Um, plus, that was the closest I would ever get to getting paid for running. So that was an easy, uh, that was an easy gig there. Um, but I was doing, I think I was just getting into ultras. I did a, I did a marathon. If you remember Jeff Brannon, he was, yes. a, he was a, he was our manager. Um, he talked me into doing, I think my second marathon, my second marathon, um, racing it at Cleveland and he kind of coached me through it and ran like 250 or something. I was super disappointed in that. I was wanting to go under 240. Um, and I just remember thinking after that race, I was like, man, is the marathon too far for me? And then once again, somewhere in that warped mind of mine uh, was, how am I going to make it not that far? I'll just go farther. <laughs> And I remember thinking, like, back when I was training for this marathon, I was watching a lot of YouTube uh, videos about training, watching, like, Ryan Hall videos, a lot of these different um, U.S. marathoners. And I would always come across some of these ultra marathons, um, just like these um, videos of Anton Kapitschka, who at the time I didn't know. But I saw this guy running through the woods. I'm like, man, that guy looks really freaking cool. But why is he running 100 miles? That is stupid. That is dumb. Why would anybody want to do that? Um, but I said after that marathon, I was like, well, heck, I'm just going to do a 50 miler. That way, 26 miles don't seem as long. Um, and after I start, after I did my first uh, ultra marathon, um, 50 miler in Vermont, I was like, man, I'm hooked. Um, I don't want to do marathons anymore, um, which I don't think I raced another marathon until I moved back from Utah like two years ago with the flying pig. Um, and I said race, it wasn't that great of a race, but it, I gave it a hard effort. Yeah. 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 Um, but you're not like the roads. So, so what, what got you hooked? Is it the atmosphere, the vibe, the think, runners there? Yeah. I think it's all that. I mean, for one, it was a lot easier on my body to run. Um, I mean, I could recover a lot faster running on the trails. Um, but yeah, being around, um, ultra marathoners, just totally laid back. I mean, guys are drinking the night before around a bonfire, um, having a time of their lives, get waking up early, just running through the woods, helping each other running, you know, somebody fell, somebody would actually stop and help pick you up. I mean, mm -hmm. you don't, I mean, this is at the top of the, you know, um, top of the race, your, your top runners, your, your first and second place runners would like literally like stop and be like, you okay, you want to need help up. And then you just, they help you up and you just keep continue to run. They don't, you don't see that at a marathon road marathon. They just hop right over you and they're gone. So I don't understand I, how can, cause I have done some research since I signed up for my first 50 K you would think it would be a lot more expensive to run a 50 K because they don't have the numbers of people or any ultra marathon coming out similar to a road marathon sponsorships aren't as big yeah how how do they how are they able to to do that i'm guessing i mean you're probably not closing any roads so you're taking out that portion of it you're probably just paying for the usage of the park which 
I mean, I've never really put on an ultra marathon, but I used to work with the dirt days, um, mm-hmm. uh, trail race series at, at, at the running spot. And it wasn't that expensive to r- run out the park. Um, and, but you, you know, I think your most expensive stuff is the aid stations, um, mm-hmm. buying all the food, which if you haven't done be your, your first 50 K you said. Um, yeah. So just in the training process. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, your your aid stations are just filled. I mean, if it's a, if it's a good race, and you know, if it's a race that's been put on for a little bit of time, I mean, they're they're gonna have a well um, loaded aid station for you. Anywhere from you know your goo energy type stuff, all the way to mm-hmm. like potato, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, um, and some of your longer races. I mean, they they'll get pizza, tacos, bacon. Um, hot food type stuff. I mean, a couple of my hundred milers, I was eating ramen noodles, quesadillas, grilled cheeses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, you know, that, I think that's where their main expense is right there, which once again, they're not paying for road closures or anything like that. So I think they can get by relatively cheaper. So Make, makes sense. So I cut you off so rudely. You did your first 50 miler in Vermont and yep. then we're hooked. So then what transpired after? Um, just getting in the community around here, I was, you know, I found a couple of guys. Um, um, I necessarily didn't run with, but I would talk to like Dave Korfman. Um, you know, he, he's always done the Grand Slam, uh, Midwest Grand Slam, which was 400s in a, in a year. Mm-hmm. Um and it just got done talking to those guys and it was just, it was, they were just so um, positive that they had to, I don't know, they, it was, they just wanted to make sure um, I was, I felt like at home with them. So they just allowed me to tag along with a couple of their runs and I just really, really enjoyed what they were about, what they, how they're, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but they were just um, very positive on how they talked about the sport. Um, you just couldn't really say anything negative about the sport. I mean, I, I just really enjoyed talking to him about it. And Harvey Lewis, I mean, I don't know if you've ever talked to Harvey. I mean, the guy doesn't have a negative bone in his body. That's yeah. how he set a world record at Big's Backyard Ultra this past yeah, year. Yeah, that was recent, too. That was recent. I mean, that's what, like 450 miles. I mean, whew. That's, a, that's a long time of running. Five five days of running without barely any sleep. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. We have a lot of good, um, positive people in this community in Cincinnati. And it was just, they just talked me into running longer and longer and longer. And, you know, I skipped that 100K mark. I didn't do mm-hmm. 100K. Actually, I'm signed up for my very first 100K in April. Um, but I went straight to a hundred miler. Um, it was the hallucination hundred Michigan. That was my first hundred miler. Um, it was, it was a fantastic time. I mean, I hallucinated for sure though. <laughs> so what is training for a hundred miler look like? Um, you know, to me, it wasn't a whole lot different 
from training like a marathon. I mean, I definitely didn't run as fast. I didn't do as many workouts, but my mileage weekly wasn't totally different. I was running anywhere between 70 and 90 miles a week. Um, but I think the biggest thing was my back-to-back long runs. So like a mm-hmm. 25 on a Saturday, a 25 miler on a Sunday, um, or I would just do one long run, like a 35 miler. Um, so your long runs are obviously going to be a little bit different than a marathon, but your, your typical training week mileage, not, not that much different. I know there's some people out there that will train, you know, at, at that time when I was first doing my hundred mile, I was reading, um, blogs of, uh, Anton Karpiska. If you ever heard of him, he used mm-hmm. to have a blog, I think it was like into the wind or something like that. Uh, but he was running upwards of like 180, 200 miles a week, but it was also went in the Leadville 100. So, um, <laughs> I won the hallucination, which is a little no-namer up in Michigan, but, um, but yeah, it wasn't too much different than a mar- marathon training plan. So. Got it. So talk to me about that first hundred mile experience. Oh, it was, it was very daunting. So I, I will say that my very first hundred miler, I, I should have said this before was I went up there and I think 2012, I actually went up there and ran it. Um, and about mile 30, I was profusely vomiting and it was coming out the other end as well. Um, don't have to be too gross. Um, but I actually dropped out of my very first, I should have said that for the first time. Um, so I went back the next year, uh, 2013 and actually won the race. Um, but it is, I mean, you hear about hitting the wall for the marathon. Yeah. Uh, you hit so many different walls during, during a hundred miler. I mean, it's a great metaphor for life. You're just going to get knocked down. You're going to get right back up. Um, mm-hmm. This too shall pass is what I always thought about. You're feeling like crap. This too shall pass, but you're also feeling good. That too shall pass. Cause you don't feel like crap again. You just got to keep moving, keep your head down, keep smiling. Smiling is, that is one thing I learned from guys in the area was just keep smiling. Um, it actually does chemically wire your brain to say you're actually having, you're, you're actually feeling good. Um, so <laughs> smiling is no. big, so yeah. try it, see what it, report back and see what you, I would like to hear your uh, take on it. Yeah. Yeah. No positive self-talk. Right. Um, absolutely. I'm laughing, but I'm, you know, I don't, I don't mean anything by it. I 100% agree. I honestly will, if I'm feeling like crap, I'll just talk to myself. Be like, you got this girl. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you, you obviously paid for it. So you're done. You're yeah. gonna, You're not out there to drop. I, mean, I, I understand. I mean, you, you just feel like crud sometimes. So you just don't feel like you can go, but you just got to feel comfortable with being comfortable. That was, you know, an old saying back in the day It's just, you know, you don't feel like poop at some point. You might as well just get used to it. So, and that's why you train a little bit, you know, you, you do your back-to-back uh, long runs. I mean, those second 25-miler runs on a Sunday after you did one on Saturday does not feel good at all. Um, I mean, you, you're you really down in the dumps. Um, and there was a couple of uh, training uh, blogs that I read that people would do those second runs 
they would do their first run on a Saturday. They would do it in the evening and they would not eat a single thing after they got done. Wake up early in the morning on Sunday and do it with no calories. I'm confused. Why? To, um, to get used to that bonk feeling. Um, I don't know how, I doubt anybody does that right now in this day of age. I think probably the science and the, the, the nutritionists out there would probably say that's a dumb thing to do because your body needs to repair itself. Right. Um, I mean, I, I never did that myself. I thought it was dumb, but I was just, I just remember reading on those blogs. I was like, man, these guys are hardcore. I mean, they would run and not eat anything, just literally drink water. I think they would probably have some electrolytes or whatever. Um, but they would not have any intake, any calories on that second run. So they would kind of replicate how they would feel at some point during that race, during that second run. So interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't experiment. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how well those went for those people. Probably not good, but I never did it to each their own. What are some of like, did you follow a specific nutrition plan or fueling plan, I should say, when you were actually racing, like, oh, I'm going to try and take in X amount of carbs per hour or this many milligrams of sodium per hour? You know, I, I never dove into it that deeply on like carbs or sodium. I just went on calories, 200 calories, basically 200 to 250 calories an hour is what I was shooting for, for the most part. And that's really easy to do. When you have when you have gel packets, the thing when it gets tricky is when your body says, I can't take gel packets anymore. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Then you're count then you're well, how many peanut butter and jelly squares did I have? Uh, how many calories is that? So you're kind of guesstimating on, on at that point. Um, but yeah, that I I should have been better about that. Um trying to get a, a nutrition plan a little bit. I think I would have done a lot better. I probably would have had a better experience, but I learned tough. I, I do things first and ask questions later. <laughs> too funny. Too funny. Okay. So what, what other, I know Western States is on your list. What other ultras has Mark Tisman run? Oh, uh, so after the, well, as far as hundreds go, so it was hallucination one we just talked about. Then I did the Burning River uh, up in Ohio, mm-hmm. and then um, Western states. After that, I've only done three one hundreds, uh, but I've done countless numbers of fifties and fifty ks. Um, I mean, one of my favorite fifty milers is Mohican um, up between Columbus and Cleveland. That is by far one of my favorite races. Um, but Western states is by far the it's the big daddy. That is the big daddy. I mean, everybody wants to get into it. It's really hard to get into. I got in with one ticket. I mean, I, I wasted all my luck on that. Um, um, yeah, that was that was a very surreal, fun race for me. Um, didn't go as planned, but you know, you're you're lining up against everybody you 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 read about, you you follow on social media. I mean, it's it's really, really cool. Um, they, they do a really good race out there. So, yeah. So what, is there one particular story from all of your running racing experiences that stands out to you and why, if so? Um, I don't know if, if there's one 
particular story, there's one constant, I will say, that uh, all these races had. And the reason I finished was my wife. Um, she, at, at Burning River, she would not let me quit. Um, at, at Hallucination, my very first one, she was doing the 50K while I was doing the 100 miler. Um, her race started in the morning, so I was almost done. So I was seeing her out on the course, and it was a looped course. So I would see her a couple times, and she would, you know, pin up, keep moving, you know, that type of stuff. Um, so she got me through that race. And then um, at, at Western States, I mean, I was I was puking from mile 30 to about mile 55. I was dry heaving, puking. I mean, at, at one point, yeah, I didn't have anything in my stomach, so I was just dry heaving. Um I was sitting down at aid stations almost until they kicked me out of the aid station. They're just, they're, they're as Western States, they are, their aid volunteers are, they, they keep you moving. They, they want you to finish. And, um, I would get to the aids, I would get to the crew stations where my wife was. And it was funny cause my, my parents, that was the first time my parents ever saw me race, uh, any race, um, it, from an ultra standpoint uh and they're both mom's a nurse dad's a paramedic uh fireman first responders they saw me sitting in a chair shaking twitching throwing up and they're looking at me and they're like what are you doing you need yeah. to drop it. it's not healthy and my wife was like now nah, he'll be all right he needs to keep moving get him up <laughs> <laughs> so knew that you know, I, I would be fine. It would pass. Um, I just need to get out of the chair. You know, beware of the chair, as they say. You once you sit down, it's hard to get back up. Um, but yeah, she she's been my constant in all these races. So if it wasn't for her, I'd probably only have one finish. <laughs> she's she's gotten me up and moving many a times at these races. So that that would be my story. That is so sweet, Mark. Oh, yeah. I know she'll probably yeah. be listening. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, babe. Oh, <laughs> so heartfelt. So yeah. heartfelt. And uh, it is true, right? Ultras, I haven't done one, but I think running in general is a metaphor for life. So having somebody who not only supports you in life, but gosh, these races is something to be thankful for yeah i mean it's 100 miles is not a it's not a short distance unless you're carl Meltzer, which if, if you know who he is he says 100 miles isn't that far i'm like what are you talking about that's <laughs> pretty do, you, far. do you have a favorite a favorite ultra runner or athlete um i think probably my favorite is zach miller i don't know if you know that name at all um, he was a D three runner, didn't run fast in high school, didn't run fast in college. Um, he was a, um, I think he worked on a cruise ship after college and he would run on the treadmills on the, on the cruise ship. And then when they docked and he had some time to himself, he would go run these, run in, in, into the cities and into the mountains, wherever they were docked at. Um, and then he won, um, jfk his first i think one of his first ultras which is mm -hmm. big ultras jfk 50 um yeah. 
but the way he races, if you ever, if you ever get a chance, look, look, look him up on YouTube. Um, he just finished uh, second at UTMB this past year to Jim Wamsley. Um, but the guy races these races, like it's a 5k. I mean, he is, looks like he is sprinting the whole time. Um, it, it, he's just a workhorse. Um, and it's just the, the effort that he puts into these races. I mean, for that long period of time is unimaginable to me. I mean, he just seems yeah. like he's pushing so hard all the time where you look at my hundred mile races, I'm sitting in the corner crying a little bit. <laughs> And, um, but yeah, it's just, he's probably one of my favorites and then Anton as well. I mean, cause that's who I had when I was, when I was younger and that's who kind of, I was like, man, he's, he's really cool looking. Cause he looks like, he looks like Jesus. He's got that long flowy hair <laughs> shirt on my wife's in love with him. Um, he, she, he's just, he, he made ultra running cool. Put it that way. You put it on the map. Awesome. So we are doing audio on this podcast, but I can see, I can see you. You're wearing a Fleet Feet Cincinnati shirt. That's right. Rep. Trail Woo! camp. Yeah. I tagged Frank on Instagram. I was like, Frank, hey, trail camp, hint, hint. So maybe yeah. 2024. That would, that would be awesome. I would really love to do that again it was such a fun time getting people out there that just was diving into trail running no, no idea about trail running and they they absolutely loved it so that was yeah. that was fun kind of give back to that community so i will say compared to running on the road or any other surface it you really at least me at least me i have to pay so much more attention i'm like i'm gonna smash my face if i don't yeah I mean, you will. I, I mean, I remember my first time trail running. I, I think I tripped. Yes, Court, Court Lilly took me out on my first run at East Fork, and I probably fell. I would say no, no less than six times. And I, I remember getting done. I was like, this, this is stupid. I ain't doing this anymore. This, this <laughs> trip and and run. You know, you. If I don't know if I had a GPS back then, but I knew. I was running hard, but my time was a, a lot slower for yes. 10 miles. Yes. I mean, and that's one thing people have to understand. I mean, you, you run a seven minute pace on, on the road, a nine minute pace on trail feels the same way. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of mind boggling, but it's, but it's way better for your body. I mean, I recover, I recover from a trail hundred miler better than I do from a, a road fit, a road marathon. I mean, yeah. the next father, I can actually run a little bit, not a whole lot, but I can actually run a marathon on the road. I'm out for like a week, week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. It's just a lot less pounding, you know, and soft. Well, I would say softer surfaces. You're right. Does wonders. So talking about Cincinnati, do you have any favorite places to run either in Cincinnati, surrounding areas? Where do you like to hit the trails? Oh man, I, you know, when I was living out in Utah for a while, <clears throat> I, I had all these mountains around me and I got really, really spoiled. Um, and when I moved back to, um, Cincinnati, the only thing that kind of gives me that 
feel of being in the mountains is Mount Airy. Um, Mount Airy is, is definitely a, a good place to train for, for an ultra marathon, plenty of Hills, not a lot of flats. Um, I really enjoyed Mount Airy. Um, the caveat to that is I would, I do like the Cincinnati nature center a lot too. Um, you can run upwards of, I think like 11 miles, 12 miles without repeating anything. So I really enjoy doing that. Um, but I would say those are my two favorite. Mount Airy and CNC noted. Yeah. Any favorite pieces of gear? Oh. So that's one thing I've realized, like I'm going to have to like pack stuff for a 50 K, you know? Yeah. I mean, so I've been like trying out vests and handheld water bottles and it's like, you know, yeah, you'll it, just, it depends on what you train with. I mean, I have vests. I look at the course and I see how far the aid stations are far from each other. Um, and that really dictates if I'm going to use a handheld or if I'm going to use a vest. Um, but I mean, I, I have a Solomon vest um, with the two 17 ounce bottles. Um, mm -hmm. It's very lightweight. Um, but my handheld, I, I have an ultimate direction handheld. That's probably 10 years old, but I love it. Um, I, I should get something newer cause they're a lot lighter, but it's just something that's been a staple of, uh, in my cupboard that I just pull out whenever I need to go for a quick run. Um, but my, my, I would say my Solomon vest is probably my favorite thing. It's just, I can take it anywhere, put anything in it, carry my phone, all my food. Um, when I was out in Utah, I could always carry like a, a lightweight jacket in it. So you can pack anything you want in it. Okay. Cool. 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 Mark, what else or yeah. What else, if anything, do you want listeners to, to know? And if they want to connect with you, how can they find you? Well, you can find me on the Instagram. Uh, I think I forget my handle, but I think it's like trail daddy or something like that. You can probably look it up at tie fly T I E F L I E as well. Um, on Facebook. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get ready to do my first hundred K here in April with uh, Donnie Warner. If you remember Donnie, do you remember Donnie? I don't think so. How would I know Donnie? He worked at the store. I can't remember what years he worked at the store though. I was there from, I was there for a year from like 12 to 13. I feel like that's when he was, I feel like that was relatively close when he was, <laughs> but he, he finished the pig. He finished second at the pig a few years back and he ran like a 226. Um, so he's a, he's a really quick runner and he took a few years off. So he's getting back into running, but he wanted to do a, an ultra marathon. So I'm going to do a hundred K with them out in um, new river gorge. Um, okay. in April. I'm looking forward to my first hundred K, which nice. a whole, I, I've only done 50 Ks since I moved back from Utah. So here's, here's, here's the finishing it. Absolutely. Plan. <laughs> Perfect. So they can find you. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes for your Instagram handles, not to worry. And okay. uh, of course, advocating for trail camp. Yeah. Are you going to be, are you, are you going to be 
a coach for the pig at all this year? No, I usually, I mean, I, I've paced it in the past. Um, paced it. That's what I mean. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. So this hundred K is the week before I believe. So mm-hmm. I will not be. It. Um, um, I'll be out there cheering, but no, this will be, I, I, I love pacing a pig and it's always, it's great time, uh, running with people and cheer, you know, getting them to their goal. But this year I will have to pass on it. So, but I'll be 25. When's your 50 K? I signed up for tie dye 50 K in May, which is the week after the pig. That's in, um, where's that at? It's at John Bryan state park. Yeah, John Bryant. So that's um, Yellow Springs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. I've never done it, but I have I have a close friend, uh, Jay Smithberger, that's done it many a times. And he, he absolutely loves that race. So you should you should do well. You should they should have their aid stations. Well, um, they, they'll have a lot at their aid station, as to say. So you should have no. <laughs> Terrific. Well, too, I noted I was like, it's a 10 mile loop. So. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fine. All good. All good. All good. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining me, sharing all the things running. And people can find you. We will put it in the show notes. And I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. You ever- yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you'd like to connect with Mark Tiesman, you can do so on Instagram at tiefly. Also, be sure to follow yours truly at the Dietitianist on Instagram. You can find me at www.dietitianist.org. And Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to y'all. And until next time, cheers.